Welcome to Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you are encouraged by this message. Second Kings chapter 7. Are you ready for the word this morning? You better get ready because I'm ready. I'm coming after you. Second Kings chapter 7. I want everyone to turn to your Bibles. I want no one talking. I want no one on, on, on scrolling on Facebook or Instagram. I want you to respect and honor the word of the Lord. You may say that's old-fashioned, but that's Bible. Amen. Second Kings chapter 7. Now, this is going to be a little weird because I'm, con- I'm continuing my series on overcoming. I'm being more than a conqueror and giving you aspects and principles of stories in the Bible of overcomers or things that you need to do to overcome uh, the, the temptation and trials because it's time that the body of Christ starts being proactive about their freedom. Can I hear an amen? Because it's not going to come to you. You have to be proactive about it. And so um, I'm going to read this scripture. I'm going to give you a little uh, little, little uh, synopsis here. I'm going to le- read this scripture, and then I'm going to tell you why I read this scripture. And I'm going to speak about a subject, and it's going to seem like I forgot about the scripture, but it's not. Just, just stay with me, okay? So I want you to read very carefully in verse 3, 2 Kings chapter 7, verse 3. And everyone said... It says, now there were four leprous men, say four leprous men, at the entrance of a gate. Now, they they had gone to the gate because in uh, Israel at that time there was a famine. So you need to know that. All right. So they're at the gate and they said to one another, why are we sitting here until we die? I want you to see this from a prophetic angle. Why are we just sitting here? Until we die. Verse 4. If we say we will enter the city, the famine is in the city, okay, and and we shall die there. And another statement said, and if we stay here also, we will also die. Now, therefore, let us come and let us surrender to the army of the Syrians. Now, the Syrians were considered one of the enemies of Israel. Say the enemy. Say the enemy. Say the enemy. This is significant that you understand that, okay? Let us go to the enemy, the Syrians. If they, uh, if they keep us alive, we shall live. And if they kill us, we will only die. That's a funny statement. But to a leprous person, they have nothing to lose. To a leprous person, it don't matter if they die because time is ticking away, losing type uh, things and health on a daily basis. So listen to me before I start preaching here. Now look at this. And so, verse 5, they rose at twilight to go to the camp of the Syrians, the enemy. And when they had come to the outskirts of the Syrian camp, to their surprise, the enemy was not there. For the Lord had caused the army of the Syrians, the enemy, to hear the noise of chariots and the noise of horses, the noise of a great army. Glory to God. So they said to one another, the enemy said, look, the king of Israel has hired against a against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to attack us. Therefore they arose and fled at twilight and they left the camp intact, their tents and their horses. In other words, no one was there at the enemy's camp. I better preach good here. And their donkeys and their uh, horses and they fled for their lives. Look at verse 8. And when these lepers came to the outskirts of the enemy's camp, they went into one of the tent, they ate and drank, and they carried away from it silver and gold and clothing. 
and went and hid them. And they came back and entered another tent and carried some of, the, of them also and went and hid it. I want you to look at me for a second here. Why, why do I say this? Because you have to understand something about this story. And, and especially about what I'm about to talk about. If I had a message title, which I often don't. But if I have a message title for this particular message is this. It's time to make a decision. If I had to title what I just read, it's time to make a decision. Say that with me. It's time to make a decision. Say it strong. Say, it's time for me to make a decision. So you have to understand, leprosy is a brutal disease that slowly eats away at your body where your finger starts decaying, your face starts decaying, your, uh, your ankles and your toes start, start decaying, and eventually, if you don't get that thing treated, because it's really had no, no cure for leprosy, slowly but surely, pieces of your body start decaying and some of them fall off. Pieces of the body is a horrible death. When a person has leprosy, they have no time to, to play games or be cute and try to figure out if healing is going to come. They need to be proactive in making a decision to change their life. Because if they just sit and wait while time, time is a factor for someone who has leprosy. So someone who has leprosy understands, watch me now, the reason and the season of urgency, not just of the times, not just urgency of the time we're living in, but the urgency, are you ready for me? For the condition of their lives. And because they are, have leprosy, they are forced to make quick decisions to propel them into their destiny. If you, listen, one of the things that this generation in, in this church and this hour is lacking is a need of the, of the understanding of urgency. And I'm here to tell you, if you've never been desperate, you won't understand urgency or the need of urgency. If you've never been to a place of desperation, and I'm not talking about it always has to be bad, but there's desperation because there's things that God has promised you and you've been waiting on for 10 years. If you've not been desperate to, to pursue the call of God and the destiny of your life, things won't just come to you automatically. There has to be a decision or a choice that you and I have to make, listen, on a daily basis to propel us to great freedom and everything that has to do with your destiny. Listen to me. Everything concerning your destiny has have to do in some sort of way or the other by decisions and choices you make in your life every day. You just don't stumble across your, st your destiny. You just don't, we just didn't stumble across this building. We had to make decisions and choices and face our fears in a more practical way. You have to make decisions about overcoming in your life and stop waiting until the devil just gets tired of, of attacking you or the trials are going to end. And you've got to say enough and it's enough. I've got to make some choices. I've got to rearrange some things in my life. I've got to make some arrangements and I've got to pursue freedom. I've got to make a decision about my house. I got to make a decision about my finances. Come on. I got to make a decision about my lack of prayer. I got to make a decision about my husband and my wife. I got to make a decision about my kids. We just can't leave it to happenstance. We can't leave it to just, it's going to happen. So destinies are shaped by the choices that we make. As a matter of fact, you could receive a prophetic word, watch this, and it be from God, and it still not come to pass based on what you decide to do with that word. 
You could receive a prophecy from the Lord of you going somewhere or you opening a Bible college or you being a missionary or you selling some albums or you being a financially uh, a businessman to fund the kingdom of God. You could receive all these words and I'm wondering, why isn't it happening? Because what we are failing to understand in the church is that prophecy is just half of the work. Partnering and deciding to do that word is another story. When I heard the prophetic words over my life, over this ministry, I decided, you know what, this is the Lord and I am going to go and go after it and do it. And because I was obedient to partner and do the instructions of the prophetic word, you see what we have here. And it's not just because of me, it's because everyone in our leadership agreed and decided to do something. It's time to make a decision about your future. It's time to make a decision about your finances. It's time to make, it's not going to happen while you just wait. We are sitting in a culture that has been trained that all we need to do is wait on God for everything to suggest that it's up to God to fulfill all your destiny. And part of that is true. But let me tell you something. It's not up to God for him to walk it out for you. Because the book of Philippians says, the book of Philippians says, walk in that manner so you can fulfill that which God has called you to do. It says that in another version of the, of the scriptures. You have to do this. What does it say? Work out your salvation with what? Fear and trembling. So all throughout history, great impact in the course of history has started way back, watch this, with someone deciding to do something about something. It started with somebody or something or some movement deciding, choosing to do something about something. You look at your life right now and ask yourself, what am I doing proactively to get myself out of this rut that I have been in. What am I doing? If you're believing for more, for more finances, other than praying for it, what are you doing? Faith without works is, what are you doing to align yourself up to the promises of God in your life? Can I hear an amen? Look at the first slide up there. Zach, if you could put the first slide up there. And this is very simple, but this is powerful because we're talking about decision. It's time to make a decision. We are all byproducts of the decisions we've made in our lives. Think about where you're at right now in life. This is a byproduct partly of the decisions you've made in your life. Some are good, some are bad. Some are hurtful, some are victorious. But you're here because of decisions you made in your life. As a matter of fact, you're at church because you decided to come to the house of the Lord. You grow in the Lord because you decide to open up your Bible and, and, and throw away some negative influence in your life and pursue holiness and pursue God. And therefore, maturity is a byproduct of your decision, of your decision to take away the clutter and be able to release the, the Spirit of God in your life in a, in a great way. It, listen, I'm going to hear to bust every bubble here. Growth, maturity, victory does not just come while you're sitting and waiting. There is a time for waiting, but there's a time that you must decide you need to take ownership of your own life. Come on. You need to take ownership of your life and stop blaming what other people did to you because what other people did to you may have affected you. But you still have the authority to make a decision for joy, for happiness, for freedom, for love, for peace. You have a choice. And I'm here to tell you this may sound really callous. Freedom and happiness is a choice. 
It is. It is a choice. You have to make a decision. Now, I'm getting to where the lepers are at because the lepers are something. uh, You have to make a decision when you are are desperate. Now, watch this next phrase. This is going to get you. Look at this next phrase I, I, I wrote down. You will never make a decision to leave bondage or a negative situation. Are you ready to shop? Until the pain of staying in that situation exceeds the fear of change. What? Did you hear what I just said? You will never make a decision to leave bondage or a negative situation until the pain of that situation exceeds the fear of you stepping out and changing. In other words, a lot of people want to stay hidden with their small bondages and don't want to progress and make a decision to forgive or make a decision for financial change or make a decision to to better their family because they're so either used to the bondage or they're so afraid of a new season or new chapter in their life. If you're afraid to step out and maybe start a Bible study because all your life you've been comfortable. Come on. If you're so afraid to start releasing your gifts, I'm here to tell you, I know many of you, you've been waiting on God to stir up your gift. I have news for you. It's not going to happen until you do something about it. The gifts of, 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 of teaching in you is not going to magically just come while you're sleeping. I remember one time, it's just like the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The baptism of the Holy Spirit needs your cooperation. I remember one time I was praying for someone to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I said, God needs your cooperation. You know, he's not just going to get your tongue and go, la, 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 la. You're going to have to open your mouth and cooperate with the Spirit, which you feel by faith is happening. So one time I said, I was in an uh, altar call, and I said, I want everyone, you got to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. Open up your mouth. And literally one man went like this. Like he's waiting, the Holy Spirit said, okay, you open your mouth, let me grab your tongue. And it's going, <laughs> you have to cooperate with the call of God in your life. How many have spoken things, the Lord has spoken things in your life and did not come to pass? You must make a decision, watch this, I know this is going to sound unspiritual, to go after it. Stop waiting on the pastor, stop waiting on the Lord. I have news for you, you need to make a decision. If not, you're going nowhere. It's true. You have to make a decision about your calling, about your destiny, about your effectiveness in the Lord because the, 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 the time is a factor. Even for these leprous men, time was a factor. They had no time to play church. They had no time to be cute. you gotta, you got to understand that it's time to stop playing church. And you know why most decisions are hindered in your life? Because most decisions come from our thought life, and our thought life is jacked up. That's why we got to renew our mind. Our, our mind has to be renewed in order for us to make choices and decisions that will prepare, propel us to the influence that God has for us and the freedom and deliverance that God has for your life. Come on, say amen. That's why the Bible says, listen, we're not just a byproduct of what we eat. You know, you are what you eat, right? Some of you are like, uh-oh. You also are a byproduct of what you think. You are what you think. That's why we need our minds to be renewed. Why? The Bible says how one thinks in his heart, so he is. If you think you are a constant failure, you will not have the strength or the desire to be proactive in, in your destiny to, to make a decision. Can I hear an Amen. Now, I want to say this, something very powerful here to you guys. Don't think for one minute that your decisions only affect you. That's the lie from hell. 
Well, you know, you know, Pastor George, you do you and I do me. Let me do me. No, you just can't do you because your decisions also affect other people's lives. You're, listen, you not making a decision is already making a decision. If you're neutral in your life and just and not being proactive and you're just staying there and, and you're comfortable, sometimes the enemy is not just the big sins. Sometimes the enemy is comfortability. You're just comfortable. You're coasting. You're on autopilot. That's the worst thing you could do is be on autopilot. Let me tell you something. You cannot say that your actions or your decisions just, just, uh, just affect you. Your actions affect other people. As a matter of fact, I'm going to be bold here and say this. Some of you are a byproduct of the decisions your parents made on behalf of you, and it hurt you, whether it's a divorce, and you've experienced pain because of other people's decisions in your life. Some of you are sitting here, and you are a byproduct of other people's decisions 30 years ago, 15 years ago. Ten years ago, five years ago, and has it affected the way you walk? It's affected the way you talk? It's affected the way you pray? It's affected your boldness level, your courage level? Because somebody's actions did you a certain way, a church did you a certain way. So don't tell me your actions are only uh, affect you. It affects others around you. You don't believe me? Look at Adam. Adam fell, and when he fell, my boy fell, he dragged the whole human race with him because he made one bad choice. He made one bad decision, and the rest of humanity suffered the consequences with him. Don't tell me that your actions are just for you. Remember last week we talked about Achan and Ai. Achan was one person who, who, who got the spoils, and he hid them, and he, and he deceived. He tried to deceive God, yet all of Israel lost the battle of Ai because one person decided. Listen, listen. How about Jonah? We've limited Jonah to a little children's play. What happened to Jonah? Remember? Jonah's decision to backslide and turn himself away from the presence of God caused everybody in that boat to experience the wrath of God. He's running away from God. You remember the story. He's like, I don't want to preach to these people. I don't want to preach to the, the, the people that you want. They're stiff-necked and they're hard. I, they don't deserve your love. He's running away on the opposite direction, deciding, say decision. He, see, he made a choice. Guys, hear me now. This is simple. He made a decision, and that decision, as a man of God, was a wrong decision. He hopped into a boat, and there was a storm in the boat, and they were all going crazy. He finally said, listen, guys, it's me. If you just throw me out the boat, the wind will stop. Don't tell me that your actions and your decisions don't matter just to you only. They matter to people around you that you love. And watch this. I'm going to say this by the Spirit. Your silence is also affecting people around you. Your silence in making key decisions because of whatever is affecting the growth process in your life. Now, I'm here to, I, but here's the good news. Oh, man, I feel this from the Lord. I'm going to say something that's prophetic in nature right now. Some of the people, are you ready? You guys are too quiet this morning. Some of the people that did you the most good actually are the people that did you the most harm. Why? Why? Some, I'm going to say that again. Some of the people that actually did you the most good were the people that actually did you the most harm. Why? Because those people, unfortunately, were used by the enemy as a tool to bring you pain. But that pain brought you in alignment to make a decision towards your destiny. And pain sometimes is an instrument that brought you to church. To some of you, 
if it wasn't for pain, you wouldn't be looking for relief for that pain. And you're looking for relief and sometimes you bump into a man of God or a woman of God. Or you bump into church because that pain is, is so torturous that it's leading you to a place to seek deliverance and make a decision. Make a decision to align you with your destiny. Let me tell you something. Sometimes desperation is a good thing. Sometimes desperation is a bad thing. But sometimes desperation is a good thing. Why? We, we talked about a couple months ago when I talked about identity. And it was when Bartimaeus saw Jesus and he was blind all his life, he had a choice, a decision to make. Listen, this is, this is either left or right. He's blind all his life. He could have made a decision to stay the status quo like many of you in this church. I don't want to ruffle any feathers. I don't want to bring embarrassment to my life. I'm just going to live a nice, quiet Christian life, and I'm not going to stir the waters. You know what? I'm struggling. I'm, 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 I'm burned out, but I'm not going to tell anybody. I'm just going to keep on going. Bartimaeus saw Jesus. He saw opportunity to make a decision that would change his life. Watch this. But he decided to, to bring maybe embarrassment to himself while everyone said, be quiet. He, he just started screaming and said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He didn't care that people were embarrassed about him. You know why? Because he made a decision. I've got to do something about my disease. And I don't care if boogers come down my nose. I don't care if I'm crying. I don't care if people think I'm, I'm crazy. I'm going to shout for Jesus. and I'm going to get his attention. His decision to be desperate and decide on his destiny cause his eyes to be open. I'm going to say something real powerful. Are you ready for this? I said, are you ready for this? The devil doesn't mind you shouting at church. That's not a threat to him. The devil doesn't mind you dancing at church. The devil doesn't mind you hollering at church. What he minds is you coming into a decision that will align yourself with the word of God and change your destiny and, and plunder his kingdom. He doesn't mind you jumping up and down as long as he's got your mind defeated, as long as he can keep you lazy, as long as he can keep you uh, uh, understanding the lie that, oh, you don't have to do anything. Don't worry. Just keep coasting. Well, look at this. I'm going to say something even deeper. Don't get offended at me. Even the devil was not afraid or not intimidated by Jesus when he did a couple healings because he, Jesus was supposed to do that. He's the son of God. When he did some healings on the street or touched some people on the street, that really didn't get G the, the devil nervous. You know what got the devil nervous? When Jesus was about to do was wrestling with the greatest decision that will affect humanity when he went to the garden of Gethsemane. All hell stood still. All demons started trembling because now Jesus was in the garden of Gethsemane wrestling with a decision. Should I go to the cross or should I not? Is there another way? Father, if there's another way, could you please have this cup pass from me? Is there? And big drops of blood came. He was wrestling with a decision that would change the course of humanity. When he was about to make that decision, all hell started trembling. Why? Because real decisions will cause you to enter into your destiny and change humanity. And he decided, nevertheless... Not my will, but your will be done. Companies, marriages, friendships, your credit score have all been affected by the power of decisions that you've made. Are you with me this morning? Are you with me this morning? And here's one thing I want to say, and, and I'm going to uh, share what I want to share about the lepers. If you, if you could have the worship team come up here. I'm going to share with you how to overcome by making a decision. Some of you, you're more than conquerors 
by, your, by the spirit of God living inside of you. But you're not overcoming. I'm going to say that again. You're more than conquerors because the Holy Spirit already lives inside of you, but you're not overcoming. Why? Ask yourself that. Ask yourself, why am I not overcoming if the Holy Spirit lives inside of me? You know why? Because you have to make a decision in your life, even today, to say, watch this, enough is enough. I'm taking control of my life again. Enough is enough. I'm not going to have the victim mentality anymore. Come on, preach, Pastor George. I'm trying. I'm not going to wait till the pastor recognizes my gift or call me or not call me. But I'm going to rise up and I'm going to offer and I'm going to decide it's time for me to do what God has told me to do. It's time for me to fill out those applications. Come on. Amen. That's right. It's time for me to go to that hospital once a month that I want to, to share and, and minister to. It's time to make a decision. Why? Because all of us have, in some sort of way, spiritual leprosy. We have emotional leprosy, and we have no time. Time is a factor for people that have spiritually emotional leprosy. Now, leprosy, in the symbolic sense, represents our sin nature. But leprosy also, also is symbolic of the things that are, watch this, eating us up and stopping us from overcoming. And you either let it happen or you say what the lepers say, which I'm going to say in a li little bit. Because the lepers had three choices to make. And I'm going to share with you those three choices that they came and what made them successful because they knew they had an urgency about them. Now, I want you to see this. Why, why do people make bad decisions? Why do people make bad decisions? Why do we make bad choices? Have you, have you ever thought about that? Why do I make bad I mean, do you just walk around and just, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to hit you there. It's just my, my arm has a mind of its own. No, the, everything that we do, we've somehow decided to do it. Now, it could have been an emotional, emotional impulse at that moment that made us do something, then we regret it. Nevertheless, we have to have responsibility for our actions. Now, I want to say this. Some of the most important decisions in your life, are you ready for me? Are you ready? This is going to be good, but it's going to be sobering. Some of the most important decisions that you will make in your, in your jobs, in your finances, with your walk with God, you're going to have to make them by yourself. When Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, he had nobody egging him on like, you could do it, Jesus. I'm with you. Could you imagine that? Could you imagine Jesus like, oh, what do I go? And, and, then, and then you have Matthew and John and Peter's like, come on, Jesus. That's right. That's right. Keep praying. We got you. We got you. Just say yes. There's a wall, in the, there's a wall over here in the garden that says yes. We say yes, board. You could do it. Just say yes, Jesus. You know, you, in, in, in 2017, we, have, we need all this. I'm just going to be very real blunt. This was not in my notes. We need all this encouragement, which we do. We need encouragement. But sometimes we need these encouragements as an excuse not to do stuff ourselves. We've got to make a decision by ourselves. The greatest decision that Jesus had to make by going to the cross or not going to the cross was by himself. Some of the toughest decisions is you got to say, you know what? I'm going to talk to my wife about this. I'm going to talk to my husband about our, our, our lack of uh, connection or our lack of prayer in our house. I'm going to talk. I'm going to make that difficult conversation with my father or my, or my brother or whoever it is or my sister. I'm going to have that difficult conversation for the sake of restoration. But it starts with you. Don't wait for someone else to speak or do your destiny. Jesus came. And when he was about to make the greatest decision of his life, he did it by himself. Come on, Holy Spirit speaking to you. 
Stop being silent. Now, a couple, uh, uh, three or four reasons why we make bad decisions. I'm going to tell you the three choices of the lepers and then you're going to get excited. Number one, it's not going to be on, your, on the screen. Just write this down. Not in any order. One of the reasons where people make bad choices, bad decisions. Obviously, they don't see the lack of urgency like the lepers. They didn't see the lack of urgency that they have. But it's because of selfishness and sin, number one. We make wrong decisions when we focus on our own self, right? When we become selfish, our decisions are skewed, our choices are skewed to fit just our needs instead of the overall picture. Can I hear an amen? When you are selfish or have selfishness and sin reigning in your life, you will make wrong decisions. Come on, you can put that in the bank. There's no way you can make wise decisions if you're standing there full of sin and full of selfishness and think you're going to do a right decision. Because most of your decisions are going to just be one-dimensional and selfish. Can I hear an amen? The second reason why people make wrong decisions or choices is because they hear half of the truth. They don't hear the whole truth of a matter. There's some people that you're, you're, watch this, you're perceiving a situation to be this way when it's really another way. And when you perceive something wrongly, then you'll act according to what you perceive. So if you perceive that, if you perceive there's a, a robber in your house, you're going to act a certain way. Maybe that was just your kid running around and you saw a shadow. My point is, the Bible doesn't say those who feel the, the half of the truth will set you free. He says, no, you shall know the truth, the whole truth, and the truth will set you free. You know why gossip is dangerous? You know why venting is dangerous? Is because venting and gossip only give you one side of the story. When you're hearing one side of the story of, listen, let me just pause and say this. In any relational aspect, if you're only hearing one side of the story, even if the source is truthful, you're not, A, you're, you're, you're contributing to gossip if you don't give the other person the right to hear their side. Whether it's a father, whether it's a family member, whether it's a co-worker. Make sure you hear the whole truth so you can make the right decision. Can I hear an amen? Number three. And now, oh, you're going to love this. I said this before in another series, but it fits well for this series. The third reason we make wrong choices, wrong decisions, is because of wrong company. Wrong influences. Who is speaking in your life during times of crisis? Who is speaking in your life when you want to give up? Is it the person that says, I'm with you, go ahead and run away? No, you need someone that is even your friend that actually rubs you the wrong way so that it can speak truth to your life and not do what you really want to do. You need people in your life. Listen, you need to act, you need to hang around with wise people. Look at that scripture, uh, Zach, in Proverbs. Look at that scripture in Proverbs that I, uh, that I put up. It's in Proverbs 13, verse 20. He who walks with wise men will be wise. I love that. Look at what it says. But the companion of fools will be destroyed. Some of you need to look at some of your companions and say, get behind me, fool. The companion of fools. Listen, fools will be destroyed. You know what? You want to make bad, bad decisions? Continue to be around bad company and you'll make bad decisions. But the Bible says if you walk with the wise, you will be wise. Listen, this is not this is not a rocket scientist. 
Find people that are filled with the Spirit of God. Surround yourself with them. And when you make the decision in your life and you want to quit and you just want to give up and you want to have a pity party, have someone say, no, you are going to cry together, but you're not going back to the world. No, no, no. You're not going to go do that thing. Why? Because you are better than that. You have the Holy Spirit inside of you. You need people to, that are wise. Now, and, and lastly, the reason why people make wrong choices is because of their experiences or their hurt in their lives. It's clouding their decision making because they're up to here with their experiences and emotional wounds that you need healing from. Do you know that you can't, listen, this is powerful. Do you know that you can't even look at another person purely with your eyes if you haven't dealt with the emotional wound in your heart? If, if pastors have wounded you and you don't get healed from that, you're going to look at every pastor with a wounded lens. It's true. Even though that pastor didn't do anything to you. If, you, if you've been wounded by men and, 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 and you haven't been healed from men hurting you, then every man, especially a man in authority, is going to have a tainted lens in your life. If you've been abused or wounded by a church, this is why decision making is critical that you get healed. Because healing is not just for you to be excited and free. Thank God for that. Healing is so that you can make the right choice. Hello? Do you know that some of you make the wrong choice not because you don't love God, because it, the, the choice was made out of fear and hurt. I'm preaching better to your saying amen this morning. Now this leads me to the three lepers. You thought I forgot. I told you I haven't forgotten. There was three lepers at the gate, and there was three conversations, three options. I want you to hear this. There's three options, say three options, for the lepers at the gate, okay? They, 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 these three choices were actual choices that they had to make. And I'm going to break it, those three things down into little categories, okay? So remember, in the beginning scripture, they said there was three at the gate, and they said, why do we sit here till we die? If we go back, everybody say go back. Everybody say go back to the city. Say, say that with me. If we go back to the city... We will die. Here, look, at the first, look at the first reality here. Look at the first choice. Staying living in the past. The lepers had a, uh, uh, had a meeting, so to speak. And they're at the gate. Remember, leprosy is killing you every moment, every second. You don't have time to just chill out and play games and have nice little pity parties. You have to be proactive to make a decision about your life. So the first leper says something like this. The first, I'm just paraphrasing. Hey, why don't we go back? No, wait. If we go back to the city, that's where the famine is, and that represents our past. In other words, if you live in your past, you will start decaying fast, just like spiritual leprosy. Some of you are living in your past, not only through the pain, but through your victories. Some of you are sticking with, oh, yeah, I feel this from the Lord. Because of a mistake that happened in your friendships or relationships or even your marriage, you're, you're not progressing. And you are stuck in the past, the past victories. The first leper said, hey, lepers, if we go back to the city, in other words, if we go live in our past, we're going to die. How many people are living in their past right now? How many people are, are, are reminded every day of their past, though you don't hear about it? Do you know that there's people by their actions that are living their past because they're constantly fearful because things happen in their past? I know people that are constantly fearful uh, of the present because of their past. 
think about this. I need you to hear me. I need you to hear me. Some of you are living in your past not because you decided it, because someone decided it for you. Ooh. Not because you decided. Someone decided to harm you. Someone decided to to violate you. Someone decided to speak things into your life. And in your past, there's still those memories that you're not be able to be free from. So as a spiritual leper, if you don't make a decision, you're going to die if you live in the past. You know what the second, rea- the second choice of the lepers had? Are you ready for this? This is many of us right here. Look at the second choice. Staying stuck in your present situation without progressing. That's even sometimes more torturous. Because staying in the present, you say, what do you mean staying in the present? No. And I tell you, and it's verse 4. In verse 4, the lepers say, listen, if we go to the city, we'll die. But watch what he says. If we stay here, we're going to die also. In other words, if we, if we stay in the same situation, if we stay in the same rut. Oh, come on, somebody. You're not hearing what I'm saying. You got to get tired of staying in the same situation, in the same financial situation. One of the most torturous or frustrating things about our Christian walk is that is it to stay at the same level of growth without progressing. Everyone's passing you by. Everyone's getting promoted and you're staying stuck. Some of the most frustrating things in your walk with God is your is being stuck where you're at. I need a little bit more of the of, of volume if you guys don't mind. Listen to me. Thank you. Are you hearing me? I said, are you hearing me? Don't tune out. Don't tune me out. You got to be like that lepers. I can imagine leper number two saying, hey, leper number one, you're right. If we go to the past, we're going to die. But if we stay here, we're going to die too. <laughs> if, we, if we just stay coasting and we're not progressing and, and we're staying in the same financial situation, the same uh, situation with our marriage and with our kids, and if we don't act and decide to do something, we're going to die too. you got to start saying, I'm tired of being in this financial mess. I'm tired of being in, in the loneliness that I am. I'm tired of being in the, in the rut that I am. It's time to make a decision. Number number two says, we can't stay here either. Some of you, if you're not progressing and you're just chilling out and waiting for things to come to you, you're going to spiritually die. But watch number three. Are you ready to shout with me? I said, are you ready to shout with me? Number three was deciding to take action of your life. The third conversation and option of the lepers was this. They all got together at the gate and one of them said, if we go and live in the past, we're going to die. If we stay living in the present without progressing, we're going to die. But I have, an, I have an analogy in my head that the third leper said, hey guys, I see your contribution, leper number one. You're right. We can't live in the past because that past is death and we are a new creation of Christ. Leper number two says, you're right, leper number one. Thank you for your contribution. But we can't stay here either and not doing anything. And then leper number three says, both of you are right. But I have another idea. Why don't we go to the enemy's camp and take back what the enemy stole from us? You say, where is that in scripture? The Bible says the leper said, why don't we surrender to the Syrians, the enemy, and why don't we just go there and surrender to them? They, they were planning on just, just surviving. But when they got to the enemy's camp, 
What happened was that they found that the Lord already fought their battles and the enemy had fleed from their camp and he, they saw all the things that the enemy had stolen from Israel and it was sitting there. And they start, those lepers started getting the things back that was stolen from. It's time to go to the enemy's camp and steal and steal the joy that was taken back from you, the peace that was taken back from you. Identify the spot where the enemy came and ruined your marriage. Identify the place where the enemy came and says, no more. I'm not going to sit here till I die. I'm not going to go to my past, but I am going to go to the enemy's camp and take back what the enemy stolen. There was a song years ago that said that. I went to the enemy's camp and I took back what he stole from me. It's up to you to decide what you're going to do. The lepers had a decision, and they all went to the Syrian camp. And you know what happened in the Syrian camp? They got gold, they got food, and they got all this stuff for them symbolically saying, I'm going to take back the things that were stolen from me. Think about what the, what the enemy stole from you or you allowed to steal from you. Your happiness, your calling. It's to make a decision. Come on, shout, shout with me. It's time. Say that with me. Come on, say it's time. To make a decision about my freedom, about my destiny, about holiness. Come on, about my health. I want you to stand up. Come on, I want you to stand up. I want you right now to take a decision as we worship God. I want right now all of RCC, I want you guys to stay in a, in a posture of prophesying to yourself. That's what I feel that. I need you to ask yourself, Lord, where is it that the enemy stole my finances? Where is it that the enemy stole my joy? Where is it that the enemy stole my, my commitment, my, my peace, my, joy, my, my hunger for God? And I want you to go into the enemy's camp spiritually. And I want you to take what he stole from you. Come on. You're too passive this morning. I need you to be aggressive and go after Come on. Don't just look at me like I'm just a good... Don't just spectate this morning. I'm not here to entertain you. I'm not here to preach good to you. I'm here so you can participate and say enough is enough. I'm taking, listen, I'm taking authority over my life. I'm making a decision to take action over my life, over my health, over my calling. Come on. I'm going to stop being depressed. I'm going to stop being excuse. And I'm going to take back my life. Come on. Lift up your hands right now all over this. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.